0: Box thirteen at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. I want to encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up your copy of my eBooks. All I needed to know, I learned from Dragnet, and all I needed to know, I learned from Columbo. Each examines the career and history of seven great fictional detectives and policemen, and life lessons that can be learned from them. They are available wherever fine eBooks are sold. Or- or audiobooks through Audible.com or the Apple Store. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Follow Man. The original air date is February 13th, 1947, and the title is The Blackjack Murder Case. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, Miss Westcott. What you ask is impossible. I cannot release your aunt.
2: But there's nothing wrong with her. There's no reason for her to be locked up in your... whatever you call this place.
1: It's a rest home, Miss Westcott. The finest in the East. Our patients have every comfort, every care.
2: Maybe. And if they're ill, maybe that's what they need. But not my aunt. There's nothing wrong with her. She's a wealthy woman, and her family had her put here so that they could get her money. I'm
1: sorry. That may be so, but your aunt has never said she was unhappy here. Never asked to be released. Apparently, she's quite content. The only person making trouble, as far as I can see, is you. Uh, Oh, excuse me. Yes? Yes, I'll see him. Send him right in. I'm sorry, Miss Westcott. I'll have to ask you to leave. To leave this building and these grounds. I have an appointment with my chief assistant.
2: With your chief guard, you mean. I've seen the way he treats Aunt Alice. Mr. Ward, believe me, I'm going to do something about this place and about you.
3: Got company,
1: I see. Miss Westcott was just leaving. Good day, my dear. We'll keep you informed as to your aunt's condition.
2: There'll be an improvement in that condition with her out of here, and I'm going to see to it that she does get out. I promise you that. I promise that to Aunt Alice. And what's just as important, I promise that to myself.
3: She's really got a beef, ain't she, boss?
1: She thinks she has. Uh, Durant, uh, I sent for you because there have been complaints about your tactics. You're a little too rough with our... our guests.
3: Guests? <laughs> Stop kidding. You know, I've been meaning for you and I to have a talk, Ward, and this is as good a time as any. Oh? You've got a good racket here. I want in on it. Racket? Don't raise your eyebrows at me. I work here. That kindly little kisser of yours and your pretty snow-white hair don't fool me. (laughs) This joint's practically a prison for people whose families want them out of the way. You ain't such a nice character as you look, Ward. Well, that does
1: call for a little talk between you and me, Al. Uh, Shall we say this evening...
3: Look, Mrs. Westcott, I didn't bring your dinner up to your room just to have you sit and look at it. Eat it and hurry up.
4: I just don't think I want it right now. I eat, Mr. Durant. I, I just don't care for anything right now, thank
3: you. You don't, huh? Well, you better. I'm through for the night as soon as you eat. Now, Mrs. Westcott, I ain't got much patience. Start eating.
4: Thank you very much. But I really couldn't have a thing.
3: <gasps> oh. I said start eating.
4: You mustn't hit me like that. I'm an old woman, and I've done nothing to you. I'm
1: just starting. Now, eat.
4: Well, what's going on
5: here?
1: Quite a slugger, ain't you, Al? Lick any woman you'll wait, I bet. What's it to
3: you, Bill? Nothing. Go ahead and hit
1: her again for all I care.
3: Now, look, Bill, Mrs. Westcott here is on this floor. This is my floor. That's got nothing to do with you. You belong downstairs. Yeah,
1: sure. What I came up to tell you, though, Al, was that I ain't got the dough I borrowed from you. No? No. Maybe I'll be able to pay you in a couple of weeks. Maybe.
3: Maybe? What do you mean, maybe? You'll pay me that dough. Believe me, you'll pay it.
4: Please, please, gentlemen. I, you're giving me a headache with all that arguing. I'd much rather you didn't argue.
1: It ain't making Al very happy either. Just to make him just a little bit more unhappy, take your time about eating. He'll wait. I'll make him wait for his dough. You'll make him wait, too.
3: Now, look, just because you work here, too, Bill, don't give you any license to hold me up for my money or try to run this floor.
1: Maybe I ought to... You won't. You ain't got the guts. You wouldn't take a chance of taking a poke at me. After all, I ain't an old lady.
2: Aunt Alice. Aunt Alice. Please wake up. Aunt Alice.
4: Joan. Joan, dear. What what are you doing here at
2: this time of night? Let me in quickly. Of course. Aunt Alice, get your clothes together. I'm going to get you out of here.
4: But why, dear? I have no
2: place to go. My family doesn't want me at home. You always have a place to go as long as I have an apartment. Now, hurry, please. I've been hiding here in this building until everyone went to sleep, and then I came right here. Did you, dear? I wasn't sleeping, you know. I was just lying on the bed and thinking. Just thinking. Aunt Alice, please, hurry. Something terrible has happened. But he deserved it. We know he deserved it. You mean that Mr. Durant, who is supposed to look after me?
4: He's lying outside my door, isn't he? And he's quite dead. You know about that. Oh, yes. And I'm not a bit sorry. Not a bit. He was struck down by Providence, you know.
2: No, I don't know. I only hope that's what it was. Oh, it was. Of course, uh, sometimes,
4: like in this case, Providence has to have a little outside help. The solution of murders lies not so much in the mistake made by a murderer, but in the ability of the investigator to find that mistake. Well, I got that, Mr. Vance.
6: That's good, Miss Woods. Now, let me see.
4: How am I doing since Miss deering has been away seeing her mother, Mr. Vance? Great, huh?
6: Adequate. Adequate but refreshing, Miss
4: Woods. <laughs> Mr. Vance, you seem a little unoccupied. Is something on your mind?
6: <laughs> no, nothing. That's the reason for my being preoccupied, I imagine. I heard over the radio a little while ago of an unusual murder. And it disturbs me that my friend, the district attorney, hasn't called me.
4: Who got killed?
6: The guard at a private sanitarium. I don't understand why Mark... I'll get that myself, Miss Woods. It's probably Mr. Markham. Hello?
2: Mr. Vance? Yes? This is Joan Westcott. Mr. Vance, there's something you must do for me.
7: Is there? Yes.
2: Yes, I'm calling from the ward sanitarium where that guard was murdered. I'm being held here because I tried to get my aunt out last night. Mr. Markham is here, and Sergeant Heath. I heard Mr. Markham say that he was going to call you.
6: And you're calling for him?
2: No, no. I, I want to beg you not to work on this case, Mr. Vance. Please, please don't. The man who was murdered deserved to die.
6: I'm afraid that isn't within your province to judge, Miss Westcott. I'm glad you called and told me Markham was there, though. It gives me every reason to go up. Goodbye, Miss Westcott. All right.
5: See now why I didn't want you to call Vance, Mr. Markham? How can I miss solving this case myself? I don't know how you can.
8: I just hope you don't. And I did phone Vance Heath, only he wasn't in. Mm. Now, let's see. Uh, The dead man was killed by a blunt instrument. Blackjack, probably. And in his hand, you found three black hairs.
5: Yeah, do He probably yanked him out of his murderer's head when he was struggling with him. Now, I talk to everybody in this joint that's got any sense... And there are three suspects, and all of them got black hair. First, that Joan Westcott, the young dame that got locked in Mr. Ward's private office there. She's a brunette. Mm, quite
8: attractive one, I'd say.
5: Uh, it all depends on how old you think she is. Well,
8: on the contrary. It all depends on how old you think you are.
5: Uh, uh, maybe. Well, my second suspect, anyhow, is her aunt. She's a little touched, I think. She's a patient here, and, and she's old, but her hair is pitch black. Yes, I saw that. And the hair of Bill Williams, the guard you suspect, is black, too. Sure. So, all I have to do is take samples of their hair, send them down to the police lab with the samples taken from the dead guy's hand, whichever checks, well, that's our killer.
8: Somehow, I'm sure that Vance would have another
5: theory. Mr. Markham. uh, Mr. Markham.
8: Yes, what is it, Mr. Ward? There's a Mr. Philo Vance
1: outside. He says you're expecting him, or rather, that you should be expecting him.
8: I'll
5: go out. Well, Heath, Vance is here. Yeah, I know. But am I happy? No. Hey, wait a minute. Sure I'm happy. Now Vance will have a chance to see how I work. Hey, Mr. Markham, you tell Vance I'm glad he's here. I'm very glad. I'm overjoyed.
8: Please, Heath, don't overdo it. (laughs) Thanks, Markham. You're welcome.
6: Just give me a few minutes in Mr. Ward's office with Joan Westcott and that other guard, Mr. Williams, and I'll be satisfied. All right. You know, of course,
8: that the reason you didn't reach me on the phone was because I was on the way up here. Of course. My fault for calling late. Uh, Go right in, Vance. I'll wait for you here. All right. You know, murder in a sanitarium is such a delicate thing. I'm really gratified that you did come. Right, and thanks again. All right. Well, hello, you two. Hello.
6: Hiya. My name is Vance. Oh, I've a purely academic question to ask both of you. Miss Westcott, did you kill Mr. Durant?
2: So you came after all, didn't you, Mr. Vance? Even after I begged you not
6: to. I told you I would. Mr. Williams. Don't bother me. I'm sorry, but I must, Mr. Williams.
1: What's that? Changing of the guard? The patients are exercising. We march them around. What about it? I'd like to see that. So look. Yeah, look, Vance. You can see it very plain from this window. I'll try. Hmm.
6: That's quite an imposing sight. Does Mr. Ward always lead the patients through those maneuvers?
1: No, that's my job. I'll show you where I generally do it from. You see, right about I've got him, Miss up oh. oh! Clip him. Now, grab that towel and cram it in his mouth.
2: Get that towel. Hurry, or I'll
1: take care of you, too.
2: Oh, here, here it is.
1: Good. Now, get that roll of wire from the top drawer in Ward's desk and step on it. We'll tie him up good and get out of here.
2: I don't want to get out of here. Not this way. Do what I
1: tell you. Get that wire. Well... Make it quick.
2: Okay. That's better. I don't like doing this. Who
1: cares what you like? Do what I tell you so I can get out of here. you want to stay, stay. I'll tie Vance up and then go to work on that window.
2: Here. Here's the wire.
1: Okay. Vance guy just walked in here. Wrong time for him. There, there, that takes care of his hands. I use my handkerchief to make sure that towel stays in his mouth. Tie it. Good and tight.
2: All right, but I hurry up and shut up. Pete.
1: <laughs> there, one more turn to make sure. That does it. Well, you coming with me? No. Well, then so long, sister. I'm
5: getting what's going on in uh, here? Sergeant Heath.
1: Mm, I guess that's that. Seemed like a good idea at the time, though. Hey,
5: come on in, Markham. Take a look at your friend Vance. Mm -hmm. All he Mm -hmm. needs is a spit and he's ready to be barbecued. Mm -hmm. Vance, what happened? Just a moment, I'll have this. There you
2: are.
6: Thank you for removing that gag, Markham. It's all right. Please, get to work on my hands.
8: Of course. What happened here?
6: Miss Westcott and Mr. Williams (coughs) didn't want to be questioned, I imagine, so Mr. Williams knocked me out. Oh, Thank you, Markham. I'm
5: all right now. Oh, you you are, are you? I'm going to show you how all wrong you are, Vance. I'm solving this case myself. Uh, you can watch if you like. I'd like to, very much. Okay. Now, Al Durant, the dead man, had three black hairs in his hand when we found the body. So, a black-haired guy, or a gal, killed him. That's entirely reasonable. Sure it is. Now, I'm taking samples of the hair of this black-haired gal and this black-haired guy. Here, hold still, you. Hey, hey, what are you doing to my head? Just taking a couple of hairs off it. You won't miss them. Now, you, miss.
2: Don't you dare use that scissors on my head.
5: Okay, do it yourself. Yeah. Oh,
2: all right. This is all completely ridiculous.
8: Perhaps not, Miss Westcott. Sergeant Heath is going to have your hair compared down at the police laboratory with the hair found in Alderaan's hand.
6: And if it checks, I'm afraid you're in rather a serious spot.
2: I'm not afraid.
6: Heath, let me ask you something. Yeah? Suppose, just suppose, mind you, that you find that neither of those hair samples match the ones you
8: took from Durant.
5: Then what? Well, then that old Mrs. Westcott's hair will match. It's got to be one of these three.
8: Uh, just supposing it isn't, though, Heath.
5: Well... Well, then I'll take samples of every black-haired person in this place. Even you agreed it had to be somebody here who killed Durant.
8: Yes, we're reasonably certain of that. Well, okay, then. One of
5: them killed that guard, and that one's hair will match the sample we got. Then we got our killer. As simple as that, eh, Heath? Sure.
2: How much longer are you going to keep me here, Sergeant Heath?
5: I don't know.
6: Miss Westcott, you're a rather contrary person. I understand it. You wouldn't leave this place before Mr. Durant's death. Now you're quite anxious to go,
2: yes, yes, I am. I want to get out of here and take my aunt with me. I never want to see this-this awful place again.
6: Well, Miss Westcott, I wouldn't be so anxious to leave here if I were you, in the event that Sergeant Heath's hair test points to you, you'll be going to a much more uncomfortable place, I assure you. <laughs>
8: To Attorney Markham. The Blackjack murder case began when Al Durant, a guard in the private sanitarium run by a Mr. Ward, was found dead. Suspects include Bill Williams, another guard, a patient, Alice Westcott, and her niece, Joan Westcott. Vance has one important clue, three strands of human hair that have been found in the dead man's hand. Vance told me he was on his way to interview Mrs. Westcott and he should
4: be there. Please sit down, Mr. Vance. Please do.
6: Thank you, Mrs. Westkin. I have a few questions to ask you.
4: I don't mind. Really, I don't. Only you won't slap me if I don't answer them, will you? I'd rather not be slapped, Mr. Vance.
6: I won't slap you, Mrs. Westkin. In fact, I'd like to see anybody raise his hand to you while I'm around.
4: Mr. Williams, the other guard made Mr. Durant stop hitting me the day Mr. Durant was murdered. Just before they quarreled. Yesterday, I believe.
6: Mrs. Westgate, do you think Mr. Williams killed Mr. Durant? Oh, no. Your niece then, Mrs. Westgate?
4: Oh, my goodness, no. She's so nice and gentle, she wouldn't hurt anyone.
6: I wonder then, who did kill him?
4: Oh, I did.
6: You? You killed Mr. Durant?
4: Yes, yes. But he was mean and very rude to me. He slapped me. I'd rather not be slapped, Mr. Vance.
6: I know. You told me that before. How did you kill
4: him? I opened the door, and there he was. And he had a blackjack in his pocket. I took it out of his pocket and hit him with it. I'm sorry if I've caused everybody so much trouble, but nobody asked me until now whether I killed him.
6: All they wanted was a few strands of your hair. Is that right?
4: Yes, but I don't know why.
6: You're sure of what you just told me, Mrs. Westcott? That you hit Mr. Durant with his own
4: blackjack? Oh, I'm positive. I used to kill him very often. Every night, right after I fell asleep, I used to kill him. And always the same way. So you see, I know I did it.
6: I see. I'll tell you one thing, Mrs. Westcott. you confuse confused me. And very nicely. I wonder how ill you actually are, how imaginative you actually are, and above
5: all, how clever. Ah, what a case this is, Mr. Markham. The only clue is a couple of hairs, and listen to this report the police laboratory sent me. You, you can listen too, Mr. Ward. Well, thank you, Sergeant Heath. Go ahead, Heath. I sent him the hairs we found in Al Durant's hand and the hairs from our three suspects. Now, listen. Sergeant Heath, this is to inform you that there is no similarity between the samples taken from the heads of your suspects and the original hairs found in the dead man's hand, signed Morgan Police Laboratory.
8: Hmm. Looks like we haven't gotten very far on this case, doesn't it, Eve? Yeah, sure does.
5: A fine time for your friend Vance to run out on us. Oh, he'll be back. I know that. You know it, but what do I know? All I know is a black-haired guy killed Al Durant. Ah, well, I'll leave you with Mr. Ward. I'm going to go looking for another black-haired guy. See you later, Mr. Markham. Right uh,
1: how soon will the police leave here, Mr. Markham? They, well, they've spoiled that... my discipline, my routine. They've ruined this office.
8: How do they ruin it, sir? By using it? Look and see.
1: Papers helter-skelter, the desk moved, everything topsy-turvy. Nothing is in its proper place. Everything must be in its proper place, Mr. Markham. Yes,
8: I know. And the reason we've made such a mess out of your office, Mr. Ward, is because we're trying to put a murderer in his proper place. Behind Behind bars.
7: Well, now, Mr. Vance, you may look through the microscope now, if you like. Thank
6: you, Doctor. It's very nice of you to allow me here in the police laboratory.
7: Ah, it is nothing. Mr. Markham phoned me and asked for me to let you come in. I was glad to have you. Sometimes even scientists like a little audience. <laughs> here, now look through the microscope, Mr. Vance.
6: All right. Tell me first, though, Doctor, your tests showed that none of the hair samples from the three suspects match the hair found in the hand of Mr. Durant, the murdered man. And
7: none of them match, Mr. Vance. Ah, you are looking through the microscope now. Good. Um, the single hair on the right, that is the one which was found in the murder man's hand. The one on the left is one of the samples. Hmm.
6: Vast difference, isn't there,
7: Doctor? Ah. Under a microscope. Definitely. Uh, notice, Mr. Vance, at the very tip of the hair on the right, a little unusual substance. Yes. Mm, nice. That is gum arabic, generally used as a glue. As a glue? Hmm. Well, Doctor, perhaps
6: the hair samples found in Mr. Durant's hand came from a wig. Now,
7: now, I'm sorry, Mr. Vance. They came from no wig. Mm. They came from a human head. And they were pulled from that head when the head was alive. Mm. Now, Mr. Vance, that hair came from no wig. It came from a living head. But
6: the gum arabic, that must mean something.
7: Yes. Yes, I imagine it does. But what?
6: What, Doctor? Well, unless I'm very much mistaken, it means I know who murdered Al Durant. Welcome back. Thank you, Markham. Any progress on the murderer of Mr. Durant?
8: No, none at all. Frankly, I've been waiting for you. I have an
6: idea you'll be glad you did. Where's Heath?
8: Uh, he and Mr. Ward are gabbing in Ward's office. You know, Vance, I was thinking that perhaps an outsider killed the guard. That is possible, you know.
6: Undoubtedly, only I'm quite sure that isn't what happened. Where's Joan Westgate? I'd like to see
8: her. He's in that room right there, Vance. It wouldn't surprise me any if she were about to break down.
6: I'd like to talk to her, Markham. I'll meet you in Mr. Ward's office in a few minutes. All right?
8: Certainly, Vance. I'll be there with Ward and Sergeant. (laughs)
6: Hello, Miss Westcott.
2: What is it, Mr. Vance?
8: Why
6: were you crying, Miss Westcott? Any reason I might do something about? No. Perhaps there is. I'd like to tell you something. This is no trick, believe me. But I know that neither you nor your aunt murdered Al Durant.
2: You know that?
6: Very definitely. Now, will you tell me why you were crying?
2: Mr. Vance, I didn't mean to break down, but the hopelessness of this whole thing just got me. Just got me, that's all. I I thought my aunt had killed Mr. Durant, and that's why I couldn't tell you about this place.
6: I'm afraid I don't know what you mean. Well,
2: if she had killed your aunt, I wanted you to think that she was insane, that she belonged in a place like this. Only this isn't a rest home or a private hospital, Mr. Vance. It's a prison, None of the patients here have anything wrong with them.
6: I'm beginning to understand a lot of things now, Miss Westcott. The one thing missing from this case so far was a motive. I believe I have that now. You'd do all of us a great favor, Mr. Ward, if you'd cooperate with Sergeant Heath and me. I'd be glad to, Mr. Vance. How can I help? I'll get around to that in a moment. First of all... As I understand it, Mr. Durant,
1: the murdered guard, wasn't too gentle with his patience. Well, uh, in this sort of institution, sometimes it's necessary to use force. Of
6: course, Mr. Durant knew what kind of institution this was. But uh, <laughs>
1: I don't understand.
6: I think you do, and I think he did. I think he knew you were operating this place as a wide-open racket keeping certain people in it because of the convenience that might provide to others. Mr. Vance,
5: do you know what you're saying? Mr. Sergeant Heath, uh... uh, I don't know either. All I know is he generally does. Thank
6: you, Heath. Mr. Ward, this Durant came to you the night of his death. Probably came to your room. And demanded money in return for keeping his mouth shut. What? He quarreled. You killed him. Oh. Then dumped his body outside Mrs. Westcott's door. Ridiculous.
5: This guy's the murderer, Vance?
6: That's right. Joan Westcott thought that perhaps her aunt had done it, so she wouldn't talk, and in fact, tried to keep me off the case. The aunt thought Joan had done it, so she pretended to be slightly insane and confessed. But I have proof that it was Ward, you
5: Vance, the murderer is a black-haired guy, that much we know. Ward's hair is snow white.
6: I think Mr. Ward's hair, what's left of his own hair,
5: is black. Hmm?
6: Take that to pay off his head, Heath.
5: Keep away. Don't touch uh, me. Vance says that's a toupee. Now get your hands down, or I won't touch you. I'll scalp you. Hey, uh, hey, Vance! It came off in my hand. It is a wig.
6: So I see. What's left of his original hair is black, and I think you'll find the black hair matches the ones you took from Durant's hand. I'll get you for this, Vance. If you live to be a thousand, I'll get I you. I doubt that, Mister Ward. I doubt you're getting me. I doubt my living to be a thousand. And I doubt that you'll live to your next birthday. See to that, will you, Heath?
4: You know, Mr. Vance, I'm so mixed up about that hair thing. I don't know how to begin asking you what made you so sure. I'm dumb, huh? (laughs)
6: <laughs> a leading question, Miss Woods. Perhaps I might explain, though. The one clue we had was the black hair. Yeah. It had a bit of gum arabic on it. I believed that the gum arabic, or glue, got on the hair from a toupee.
4: That's the way it turned out, too.
6: That's right. <laughs> I was sure, then, that Ward wore a toupee. And I reasoned that Durant must have come into his bedroom when he was preparing for bed at which time he'd have taken off the toupee.
4: Oh, hey, then they battled, and that's how Durant got some of Ward's real hair in his hand. That's
6: right. (laughs) Sergeant Heath spent his time looking first for a black-haired individual.
4: Sure, that Mr. Ward's toupee was snow white. He had quite a racket, didn't he, Mr. Van?
6: For a while. But like all rackets, eventually it backfired.
4: This one backfired very convenient for me. Hmm? You got back here just at 5.30. Right at the end of the day.
6: (laughs) That's right, Miss Woods. And right at the end of the day, we're right at the end of the Blackjack murder case.
0: Welcome back. Well, a really good case, I think in terms of the overall solution, that uh, it's one of the more sound ones we get from Philo Van. They got the basics of hair analysis down pretty well, at least as far as I can tell. Now, obviously, there may be some forensic expert that goes, nah, it's not quite like that, but close enough and uh, it illustrated why Sergeant Heath is a bad policeman. Although I think that's more a purpose of the program or an overall theme than uh, for the series rather than just one episode. Because obviously you don't want to throw all your eggs into one basket or one particular test, uh, particularly hair evidence which can be misread until you actually get it under the microscope. And I also really liked how the mother and daughter were both uh, throwing up red herrings. The uh, mother, uh, perhaps, you know, really did have some uh, imbalance uh, that she thought uh, that explained how she thought of things, or she might have been uh, trying to protect the daughter. Uh, and the daughter was just trying to keep Vance out because he, she thought her mother did it. So. Uh, It it was a nice case where it kind of felt like everything... fit uh, appropriately. This was one of those uh, episodes I listened to because initially I mentioned I was not going to do these particular follow because, well, I think you've gotten the idea of kind of my general objections at the start. And this is one of those I listened when I was reconsidering and I really enjoyed it then and I enjoyed it again so I hope you liked it as well. I did pick up an interesting fact about Jackson back, uh, which I didn't know, which is that he was actually a longtime voice of Bluto uh, in the Popeye cartoons from 1946 to 1962, which is a a really iconic uh, voice role. Now, a website, uh, a wiki uh, for Popeye also stated that he appeared in the 1935-36 Popeye radio series. But the episodes that I uh, had of that, or was able to find of that, did not actually include uh, Bluto in any of them. It was a bit absurd, actually, but... It might be fun if I found some uh, reason to listen to it to to end up just playing an episode on Amazing World of Radio or something at some point. Listener comments and feedback now. Over on YouTube, uh, David writes, One of my friends can't understand why we all love these old uh, time radio shows. We can't make uh, make them understand. Thanks. Well, uh, thanks so much, David. You know, I think that when it comes to understanding things that entertain others, probably the only way to actually understand is to listen or watch what they're watching with an open mind and maybe considering why they might uh, enjoy it. Like, what is it about this that David might like? Or even watching it or listening to it with them, then, you know, they could ask you questions. But at some point, some people just don't get it. And that's okay. Because everybody's different, and there are so many things that are ridiculously popular, on television or on YouTube. I honestly can't see the appeal. But they get millions of views and hits. Doesn't make any sense to me. And if I don't really know anyone or want to get to know anyone who I know is interested in a thing, it'll probably just be a mystery. And in many cases, it'll be a mystery that becomes irrelevant because the thing that they were liking or watching is no longer being aired. Now, of course, I understand as a soon-to-be parent that eventually our boy is going to be interested in things I know nothing about, but it's going to be my job to know and to try to understand so that I can, you know, be supportive, take part, and do all that sort of stuff. But in other situations, it just say, well, I don't understand it, but... If they're enjoying it, cool. All right, well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Ron, Patreon supporter since May of 2020, currently supporting the program at the Detective Sergeant level. Uh, $7.14 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Ron. And we will be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance. And then uh, join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... Expense account item one, $14.75, train fare and incidentals
9: between Hartford and New York City, after I received from you the necessary information concerning the late David Shane. I arrived in New York at 3.30 in the afternoon and went directly to the 3rd Precinct Station, where I contacted Lieutenant Will Stevens of Homicide. Sit down, Johnny. Oh, thanks, Will. (laughs) Been a long time. Yeah, it has. Will, I'm investigating the David Shane killing. Well, I'll give you all the help I can. Well, I'd appreciate it. understand you're holding the brother. Yeah. We talked to Mrs. Shane. She told us Charles sent the box. Says she heard David say so before he opened it. Brothers weren't living together? No. Charles Shane's been in California. He arrived here by plane this morning. We picked him up. What does he say about it? He swears he didn't do it. What do you think? Well, I don't know. As near as we can find out, the brothers were very close. Well, so were Cain and Abel. Yeah. But there doesn't seem to be any motive in this case. At least we can't find any. I thought for a while Charles was going to give us a lead, but just before we had him brought up for questioning, his lawyer showed up. With a writ? No. No, just said he was representing Charles and wanted to talk to him. He was with him for about a half hour, and after he left, Charles wouldn't open his mouth. My report on David Shane says he worked at uh, Bishop and Harding. That's right. Factory foreman. I knew him. He's a nice guy. Took a lot of interest in union affairs, and everybody seemed to like him. And you can't find any motive for the brother to send him a bomb? Not yet. Can I talk to Charles? Sure.
0: But you're not going to get anything out of him. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, if you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. But do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. And follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.